distant animals, thank you for sending your work to me. I find it to be thorough and strangely both a depressing and rewarding listen. I do have a few questions. Um, the subject matter is very clear to me, but to get into what I've been thinking about in response to your work and how it's uh, coincides with some of my own concerns. Um, so obviously Dominic Cummings and his associates are a major character in the saga. And I'm wondering what you think of uh, Cummings' self-rehabilitation program that's happening now. And its relationship to client journalism, etc. And those sort of myriad complicities. Could you speculate on where this is going uh, or is part of the plan for it to, to be speculated on until that bastard strikes again? Um, I read on Twitter the other day the opinion uh, that objectively Dominic Cummings is a Maoist. Thank you. 
Hello and thank you for including the the album on your on your show, etc. Um, yeah, so the the whole I suppose charade of of Brexit was one of the things that came up quite a lot in our research. This idea that actually whether it's the sort of leave or the remain side, a lot of the language being used, a lot of the, the narrative, a lot of the debate was quite far from being meaningful in any in any meaningful sense. Um, one of the one of the main things we sort of kept finding was that whichever prominent figure was saying whatever they were saying, it it, it wasn't really linked to any any kind of real any any real information or any real desire to inform people. And the, the very kind of root of of the whole Brexit issue was pantomime. It was a piece of very much political theatre. And, and post-Brexit, seeing, seeing what Dominic Cummings is, is up to in this whole sort of pantomime, he's behind you approach to sort of, sort of dealing with his fallout with Boris Johnson, kind of plays into that. And it plays into this idea that none of this, either for either side, has ever really been about giving people some kind of informed consent into making a big decision that affects their lives, but playing, playing some sort of game. And I, I, I question the degree to which it's because the, the 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 different parties particularly the leave campaign is is run by fools run by people who don't know what they're doing which which would be very easy to assume looking at the way they're acting that they they had didn't know what the consequences might be i think i think the the, the other side of course is that they it's a deliberate game it's the deliberate manipulation of people and they're just pretending not to know what they're doing um the only real conclusion i have for it all really is that they don't care you know which whatever whatever they may or may not know whatever they may or may not be confident about what they're doing however much it's a game to them they, they simply don't really care about its effect on the general public because because they're not the general public and, and and that sort of i think that's quite striking about about how they're treating us as a, as a general public and that kind of ultimately the kind of contempt that they seem to hold in, in the way they're they're acting throughout this
I'm thinking about online activity, sort of messaging, distribution, and redistribution of ideologies, which it could be argued really came into its ascendancy in 2016, and the harnessing and engineering of the digital and shadow selves, etc. I wonder what you think about this and what needs or can be done to counter, if anything. I recently heard Fred Moten talk about how there needs to be a move to reconsider our modes of assembly. Um, where it happens, how it happens. Where's the battleground? Is it LinkedIn?
Because Brexit means Brexit. Something that has been amplified by the sort of online location of debate. I think, I think amplified rather than created, because it's something that's been there for a while within mass media in general. But it's the confusion that the public have about the difference between public and private spaces. So something we're seeing a lot of is the desire for the kind of places that we congregate traditionally... Well, I say traditionally, well contemporarily, virtually, so Facebook and Twitter and all these kind of online spaces to be considered as public spaces, when in fact they're of course private spaces. And that confusion, I think, enables a lot of nefarious goings-on. We can treat those spaces as political jousting grounds. They can treat them as places that we we can pass on information without necessarily knowing who is benefiting from that information, who is supplying that information. So we know, looking at studies, that a huge amount of the information we receive online is coming from a very limited number of sources. I remember reading the other day that something like 12 sources were responsible for the, the 85% of anti-vaccine information. So we've got this, 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 this huge disparity between what we consider to be general, shared public information in, in what we, we kind of approach as a public space which is actually very um, targeted information from private individuals in what's ultimately a private shared space. And that, that's not new. That's something that I think the mass media has been guilty of for, for a long time of creating this idea of what, what news is and news as being uh, the sharing of general information rather than the targeted deployment of particular types of fact. And this, I think the online world has confused this somewhat, but I don't think it's new. I think it's, I think it's a problem that, that needs to be dealt with. Um, unfortunately, it's a problem that no one has a particular desire to deal with because it, 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 that sense of confusion has been used historically by power, the powerful. You know, the powerful find confusion a very useful tool in keeping people divided and stopping people from being able to uh, defend their place in, in, in this kind of social order. Um, so we'll see. It'll be interesting to see if, if as we deal with things like, like Brexit, we deal with these kind of big issues which are, are fought on, on the kind of digital platforms, whether we will try and create sort of more, more honest, more kind of shared spaces or whether we, whether we won't, whether the, the powers that be are, are actually relatively happy with how things are because they are quite confusing. Um, yeah, we'll see. I'm not going to
about a red light and blue Brexit. It's not about this sort of Brexit or that sort of Brexit. It's about a red light and blue Brexit. Thank you. 